We're so glad that you joined us today for this podcast from Bishop Quentin Moore and the Father's House in Hutchinson, Kansas. God loves you and wants the best for you, and we want to hear what God is doing in your life. Share your story with us by sending an email to mystory@fathershouse.net. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at fathershouse.net slash give. Just select the option that works for you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Hey, if you've got a Bible, go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Appreciate your giving. There's giving in the foyer. Uh, you can give on the app. Uh, just really appreciate it. It's made this time uh, much, much easier. I do think I have a word for you this morning. How many of you know we're in the middle of something? Two of you. I mean, we're in the middle of something. I mean, right? We're in the middle of something. All this conversation that's going on. And I do want you to understand, I don't think you have to wear one of these. There are just other things I wish you'd pay attention to. Second Peter chapter 1, I'm going to read several verses. I'm going to tell you all kinds of stories. And then I have a great finish. So uh, thanks for staying until I'm done. Uh, and I'll be done when I'm done. And when, when I'm done, I think maybe we'll know we're done. But I don't, it's 1106. I got time. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtained like precious faith. Say, like precious. Say, precious. precious. No, you didn't say it right. Precious. Peter's writing to people that have faith. And he says it's precious faith. If you have faith, it's something very valuable. I get tickled when people play with faith. I don't play with my faith. My faith was a gift given to me. My faith has been passed down from the beginning to now. I don't get to make faith up. I don't get to tweak faith. Faith is an ancient faith. It was handed to us by our fathers according to St. Jude. And it's been given to you. And if you have faith, someone shared it with you. You may have come to Jesus. But once you came to Jesus, someone started handing you your faith. It's interesting to me how most people make their faith up. They add this, add this. They get it by Google.com. Peter said, but you've obtained a like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God. Say righteousness of God. I didn't get my faith because I was righteous. I got my faith because he was righteous. And he gave me his righteousness and gave me his faith. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus and in the Son of our Lord. As the divine power, say divine power, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by the glory and virtue. Say divine. There's a divine power. There's a God power. Not just human power, not just soulish power, but a divine power. That has given us all things by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Say exceeding. See, above anything, exceeding above precious, great, precious promises, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let, let me tell you, the goal is divine nature. Say with me, divine. Say with me, I want to have a nature. That's like God. I want my nature, my DNA, my being to be God-like. I, I want to be like God. That, 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 at the end of this thing, I'm going to be like God. Did you know that? At the end of this thing, you're going to be like God. At the end of this thing, you're, he made you to be like him, but he's been maturing you. 
So I just had a new grandson. We just had another grandson. Go figure that. A grandson. We don't get granddaughters. We get grandsons. We have, we have 12, but 11 grandchildren, one granddaughter, grandsons. I'm telling you, that son looks like Manny. His name's Louie, but he looks like Manny. And, and in that baby is all the fullness of a child that becomes a man, mature. But let me know he's not mature yet. I mean, it's going to take people shaping and molding and forming. And, and he, now inside of him is the potential, right? You were born with the potential. You were made in the likeness and image of God. But you have to be sanctified and matured and shaped and mentored. That's why people think they don't need any mentoring. They're silly. They'll never mature. That's why people think they can do it on their own. Well, the Holy Spirit will teach me all things. Who do you think helps you to know the voice of the Holy Spirit, silly? See, the potential's there, but it has to be shaped and it has to be molded. And he goes, the, the, the goal of the promise is for you to be like God. The goal of the promise is not to get you a pink Cadillac. The goal of the promise is not just to get you healed. The goal of the promise is that you would become everything that God created you to be. Amen. That's the goal of the promise. So he said, we have these promises and we're supposed to be like him. In 1996, it's hard for me to believe, 1996 I was preaching in South Africa and the Lord began to reveal some things to me. I began to share it with people I was traveling with. I began to teach it. And it literally is one of the foundational truths that have revolutionized my life. I began to realize that people were living disappointed because they had never experienced the reality of the promises of God being fulfilled in their life. And they, they would give up and get disappointed because the Cadillac didn't come. The plane didn't come. Something like that didn't happen. These exceeding great and precious promises had never really been fulfilled in the development of their character. And it's interesting, if you don't develop a character, you'll continue to make the wrong choices. We keep trying to get people to make the right choices, but people make choices based out of their character. And if their character doesn't change, their choices never will. So it's the development of a character, not the teaching of choices that precede this. And we have these promises that come from God that allow us to participate, if you will, in the nature of God if we will allow them to overwhelm us. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians that all the promises of God are yes. Say yes. You ever pick up that book and go to God and say, did you make that promise? He goes, yes. Is that promise still true? Yes. Is that promise for me? Yes, all of his promises are yes and amen. Paul goes on to say yes, his promise, yes. Does God want me healed? Yes. Does God want me to prosper? Yes. Does God want me to be nice? Yes. Does God want me to be kind? Yes. Does God want me to love my neighbor? Yes. Does God want me to forgive? Yes. Man, you gave up on me a long time ago. You left me at the Cadillac, didn't you? See, most people have a hard time because they begin to question God's integrity or their own integrity because they've been disappointed with a soulish prayer that they prayed. They prayed a soulish prayer about something they wanted and it didn't come to pass. And so they begin to equate that with God not keeping his promise. And they move on because of their disappointment. Let me tell you some stories. In Genesis chapter 12, God shows up to a man of Named Abraham, he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your descendants great. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to all the people. You're going to have an increase of favor. 
you're going to have a son. And you're going to inherit a land. And Abraham says, good. I can see that. My wife is good looking. I'm young. We're going to have a son. And they didn't have a son. Finally, as time went by, he decided, well, maybe I'll use my nephew. No, not, not your nephew. So then he decided, well, there's a servant in the house. Maybe, maybe you meant you could use the servant in your house. No, I'm not going to use And he gets older. And, and as he gets older, he decides maybe you ought to have a surrogate wife. And so he goes, has a surrogate wife. And we didn't have medicine then. You'll get it in a minute. So, so he has this son named Ishmael. Okay, maybe God will bless Ishmael. Now, God waits until the man is 99 years old. And then he says, okay, I'm going to fulfill that promise. And Abraham said, are you kidding? Let me school you on how this works. I know you created it, but maybe you don't understand it because after all, you don't have a body. So let me explain to you that at 99 and her at 89, uh, it's too late. It's just too late. You've waited too long, God. I'm sorry, but it's too late. You, you've, you've waited too long. Say with me, it's never too late. Say with me, this is not the end. See, it can't be the end until it's like God said it was going to be. See, until it is like what God said it was going to be, it can't be the end. So all you people out there that think we're at the end of times, it can't be. Why? Because the church is not glorious. She still has a couple of wrinkles, have you noticed? She really has some difficulties. I don't care where you look, you cannot find a perfect reflection of the description that God describes the church. So I don't care what's happening in Israel, I don't care what's happening in America. When I look at the church, she's still a little bit short. Oh, nobody going to take me up on this deal, huh? I just want you to know this can't be the end because we're not done. Abraham, it can't be over because you're not, this cannot be the end. It can't be over. And Abraham's 99, she's 89, and, and, and she's laughing. And so Abraham speaks, and he asks this question. Will a son be born to a man that's 100 years old, and will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And if you read the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verse 19, then God said, this is the most important sentence in Abraham's life. Will a man, 99, and a wife, 89, have a child? And God answers him with one word. You know what that word was? Yes. Yes. You know how, you know how powerful it is when you answer somebody and say, yes. You know how powerful it was 44 years ago, almost 45, when Annie said, yes. have you ever had anybody say, I got news for you. Sometimes I've said yes, but I didn't know what yes meant until later. Every lady in here went, ain't that the truth? Man, to hear the word yes, can a man 99 have a baby? Yes. Did you know one word from God can change your life? Did you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? That if you ever hear God say yes to your question, you'll have faith that... Say out loud, God said, said, yes yes. to me. He didn't say yes to Billy Bob. He didn't say yes to Harry. He said yes to Quentin. I asked God, am I your child? And he said, yes. "Yes." I asked him if his promises were for me. He said, yes. Then it can't be over yet. 
that it can't be over yet. I don't care what we're in the middle of. It cannot be over yet because it is not what he said it was going to be. It ain't over yet. June 28th of 2020, honey, it ain't over yet. Some of you need to go, what? You've been living. Well, you know, I don't know. When do you think this is going to be over? When it's. See, the Lord always gives us a promise, and then he removes all the ways and means for that thing to come to pass in the natural. And when it looks impossible, improbable, unthinkable, when it gets to that point and you're old and there's no way for it to happen, God says, yes. See, the Word of God, the promises of God, according to the Bible, if you let the Bible interpret the Bible, the promises of God are a word, and a word is a seed, and every seed contains the field within itself, if you go read Genesis, so that when you see a seed, when you see a baby, the potential of that is in that seed, in that promise. So every time God makes a promise, the potential of God is in that promise. And you plant that seed, then the promise comes out of there. If you dig it back up, I hate transplanting. (laughs) Never mind. And man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Satan believes it because he comes to steal every word that's ever sown in your heart. Every time you get a promise and you hear God say, yes, the enemy comes in to question that, to rob you. But Abraham heard God say, oh, Abraham heard God say, Listen, you need to get over me scolding you and get in here. Because <laughs> when you're loved, you're disciplined. You need to get over it and get in here. God, Abraham heard God say yes. And Paul wrote and said, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Look at your neighbor and say, don't waver, buddy. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform it. Yes, one yes from God can strengthen your faith. One yes from God can change your outcome. One yes from God can take you from fear to faith. One yes from God. The Bible says, by faith was Sarah able to conceive. Abraham did not waver. Oh, that's about a child. Think about the three Hebrew children. We're going to throw you in a fire unless you bow. They said, even if you can do that, we still ain't going to bow. And they didn't bow. And they threw him in the fire. And guess who was in the fire? The fourth man, Jesus. Listen, talk about a promise. I don't care whether you can or you can't. Even if you do, I'm going to see Jesus. You talk about faith. Yes. If you don't bow, you're going to meet the one you do bow to. Yes. If it doesn't look like what God said it's going to look like, then it ain't over. You're not listening to me this morning. Maybe I should have waited and scolded afterwards. Um, Listen, Christians ought to be the most radically alive people that this planet ever sees. When they look at the church, we should be the most radically... We should be the most alive. Joseph had a dream. And in his dream, his brothers bowed to him. And he went and told his brothers. He went and told his father. He said, I've had this dream, and you're going to bow before me. And it made him mad. And they took the boy, and they threw him in a pit. You remember? 
And when they threw him in the pit, they sold him into slavery. And Potiphar's wife lied, and he went to prison. And he went to prison, and he helped out his fellow prisoners, and they forgot him. Until finally he became the prime minister for Pharaoh, and he finally just married a wife and bought a house and bought a car and began to live right there. And the dream seemed to be dead. But then one day, while he was eating grapes on the back patio, they came to him and said, there are 11 men that are here. And he walked out, and it was his 11 brothers, and he remembered the dream. Even when you go through hell and you forget the dream, God will bring somebody back in your life and you'll remember the dream. Some of you need to remember that God promised you you were going to live and not die. Some of you need to remember that God promised you you were going to go do this and you were going to do that. Or you're going to see this child. Listen, I've been promised that I was going to preach till I was 92. Some of you are going, oh my God, I thought Sean was going to take over. (laughs) You mean we got to listen to this? 92, it ain't over. Sometimes you'll be sitting there minding your own business because you have forgot the dream. My God, you survived Potiphar and his wife and the prison, and now you're working your butt off for Pharaoh, but you almost forgot, and all of a sudden somebody show back up, and they'll be, and you'll walk in and go, oh my God. And God said, Yes. Even though you've waited 12 years, my promise is still true. God is saying, yes. Some of you need to wake up, stop listening to the news. God is trying to tell you, yes. I'm going to live in the yes of God, not in the doubt of the world. I'm going to live in the yes that God is with me. God is for me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's made promises to me and to my children. And the answer is Yes. You get there. Now we're cooking. (laughs) You need to understand. Joseph thought it was about them bowing to him. And when he saw what was taking place and he heard God's yes, he realized the dream had never been about him, but about saving the people of God. It was about saving his brothers, saving his father, saving Israel, saving the world. The promise is never to you and you alone. The promises are to the people of God. And when God keeps his promise to you, it will bless all the people of the world. And unless your promise is bigger, than you. Wow. Listen, you. So COVID-19 is happening. It ain't about you, babe. It's about what God's trying to do in the world. There is stuff happening in the world. Think about David. You're going to be king. Samuel walks over there and goes, nope, 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 nope. Nope, 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 nope. Is that the best you got, Jesse? Well, there is this one. He redheaded. You're not redheaded, yeah, but he redheaded. Where? Sorry to all you redheaded people. <laughs> That's it? Well, there is this one. Well, bring him in here. Yeah, but he smells. He ain't much. <laughs> That'll preach. He got one. Yeah, he ain't much. Bring him in here. Brought him in there, and Samuel took that oil and went, Yep, that's the one. The one that ain't much. He's going to be king. 
time goes by. He kills giants. He kills Philistines. I mean, then he gets chased out of Jerusalem. He gets mocked. He gets persecuted. He gets thrown. Now he's got this distressed, indebted bunch of ragtag losers, and they're the only ones that will join him. And they, they, they go down there, and then they're going to help people. They come back to Ziglag, and their wives have been taken. Their kids have been taken. Their bread's been taken. There's nothing left. And now these distressed, disappointed, indebted people think they'll just stone David. They look at David and they said, well, you're the one supposed to be king. What's happened to that word? You're supposed to be king. And David, in a moment of distress, went, well, that prophet was probably a liar. You ever been in that moment when nothing was going right and you went, eh, all men are liars. Have you ever been in that moment where you became cynical? They know good churches. I'm so tired of listening to some people talk about how, how bad the church is. Well, honey, the only people doing that are the people that are hurting it. You want it to be better, you be better. You want the church to be better, you be better. Because when you get better, then one of them will be better. And did you know you could be the leaven that leavens the whole lump? Instead of criticizing the church, won't you get in it and show us how to do it? Because if you get in it and show us how to do it, then it'll leaven the whole lump and the whole thing will get better. All it takes is one critical person to stop being critical and become what it is that they keep telling everybody else to be. Oh my God. I am on a roll this morning. I hope you're enjoying it because I'm not sure the room is very open. David, David was greatly distressed. But you know what David did? It's interesting to me. After he was cynical, then he said, I'll just encourage myself. And the Bible says David began to encourage himself in the Lord, and the Lord strengthened him. Say with me, it can't be over. It can't be over when David's kids are taken. It can't be over when his wives have been stolen. It can't be over. If you're at a point of failure, it can't be over. If you're at a point of frustration, it can't be over. If you're at a point of confusion, it can't be over. Oh, think about Job. My God, Job lost everything and more. Everything and more. I mean, his wife looked at him and said, why don't you just curse God and die, you loser? <laughs> he said, though the Lord slay me, yet will I say trust. Can I tell you there's a difference between trust and faith? There's a huge difference. Trust is what you do when you don't feel nothing. There's so many Christians they're trying to feel the Holy Ghost. Listen, if the Holy Ghost said I'll never leave you nor forsake you, then honey he is with you. Trust is what you do when it doesn't feel like nothing's happening. Trust is there. Faith, faith, faith. Faith is what you believe. Trust is what you believe in. Oh my God, never mind. Trust. He said, listen, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I can't end like this. I don't know what her name was. Rosalie? I don't know. Maybe it was Micah too. I don't know. But I can't. I can't. Even though if he kills me, talk about commitment. Say it ain't over. This can't be it. This, this won't work. How about Elisha? That dude Elisha? You remember that dude, Elisha? He kept going by that woman's house, and she didn't have a kid. And he finally said, what do you want? She said, I want a kid. And he gives her a kid. And then he goes away, and because he's coming back, it doesn't feel right. Come find out the kid's dead. Remember the story? If you don't, it's in the book. Look it up. And now the prophet's coming back to stay in his room, but there's a dead boy in his room. 
prophet's coming back to get a warm meal and a cold, hot night, you know, and he comes back and a long ways off he realizes something's wrong and his servant says, hey, what's the matter? And the woman goes, it's well. It's well, my foot. The boy's dead. It's well. I wonder how many people, boy's dead. It's well. I'm all right. Good to see you. Come on here. I got something for you in the room. It's the dead boy. It's the boy you promised me, but now he's dead. And if he's dead, are you here? It can't end like this. This can't be the end of the story. It can't be over. I don't care. It can't be over. Bible says he goes in the room, lays down on the boy, breathes on the boy, the boy sneezes, the boy gets up. I mean, that's cool. Just walk in, crawl in the casket. I never had the guts to do that. I've walked into many caskets, people in there, and I've, I've waited for him to say, get in the box. He never said it. And I would suggest to you that unless he says it to you, stay out of the box. I'd suggest that you don't want to try this. <laughs> that boy had so much anointing on him. He died. Say with me, he died. They took his bones, they put it over here, and they left him. And years, years later, they were in too big a hurry to bury this dude that just died. And they picked him up, and they threw him in there. We sang about this this morning. And they threw him in there. And when this body that was dead about four hours hit that body that had been dead a hundred years, there was enough anointing in those bones to heal this body. And this one jumped up. Say, it ain't over yet. Say, that's weird. Yeah, the whole book's full of weird. I mean, if you're going to be a Christian, you're weird. If you're going to be a Christian, ain't nobody going to understand you. You're going to be talking about getting in boxes with dead people, and they're going to go, you're weird. It ain't over. I mean, Lazarus, he dead four days. He stinks. Well, Lord, if you had been here sooner. Have you ever heard those people? Lord, if you had just been here sooner. If, if only you had had more faith. This is, this is what I thought of this week. Well, if you really had more faith, you wouldn't have to wear that mask. <laughs> you sound like Miss Piggy. Every time I hear certain things, I you sound like Miss Piggy to me. If you'd been here four days earlier. <laughs> you didn't. Four days. Hey, it ain't over. It, 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 it ain't over. It ain't over. I just want you to notice, this time he said, you moved the stone. You gave up too soon. You moved the stone. And everybody knows the story, right? Isn't it interesting? The the only way the boy had to get out of there was, don't you remember after he got out, he said, take that stuff off of him? Well, then he had it on him when he got up. You ever try to get up when you're all wrapped up? Some of y'all wrapped up, but you're going to have get up. Even ain't nobody coming to unwrap you. Oh, you didn't hear that. I could preach that. It's easy to get up if you ain't wrapped up. But if you're wrapped up in the stuff you've been wrapped up in, you're going to have to get up while you're wrapped up. Some of you are waiting for someone to come and unwrap you. Honey, you wrapped up. You're going to have to jump. You may have to try to figure out how to struggle, get over, and sit up. Can you imagine? I ought to try this sometime. Who would like to volunteer? I'll wrap you up. Listen, I have drugged Devin around by the neck. I am not above. 
And, and here comes the boy jumping out like this. Say, it ain't over. It's never too late. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia. Number one, Paul had trouble. He said, through many tribulations you will enter into the kingdom of God. Americans, listen to me. You got lied to. About 1950, people started telling you that you could live trouble free. You got lied to. In this world, you will have trouble, trouble, and more trouble. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. Paul said, through many tribulations, you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Listen, I pastored a church for almost 20 years. The Lord spoke to me standing right there saying, the body of Christ has no theology for suffering. The body of Christ thinks they're going to live without suffering. How many in this room have suffered a couple things? Listen, it is through suffering that you develop an endurance. It's through an endurance that you develop a character. You know why most people have no character? They're not willing to endure. And out of an enduring character comes hope. Hope only comes to those who have learned how to walk through tribulations, trials, endure them knowing that even though this is, it ain't over yet. And on the other side of this, I'm going to walk in the hope that God is for me and not against me. Some of you need to quit trying to push away from the suffering and embrace it. I don't want you to be ignorant about our troubles that were in Asia. It's in the book. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant about this, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so we despaired even to life. How many of us have been despairing? Come on, the last 12 weeks, it's been, it's been bad, right? I mean, if I have, even if it's not you, I know somebody's lost their job. I know a number of people right now that are battling COVID-19. If you think it's a hoax, it's because you've been listening to the wrong stuff. It's not a hoax. I'm on the phone every day with people overseas. Hundreds and thousands and millions are dying. Another hundred million will die of starvation in the next six months. This is serious. It's trouble. If you think this is a political issue, you've been listening to politics too much. We're in trouble. Paul said, we're in trouble. Our lives have been despaired. But the next word says, yes. Got my attention, Kent. Yes, it's bad. We have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in the God that raises the dead. Listen, our faith is in the God that knows how to resurrect things when it's really bad. And God knows how to wait until it's really bad and then breathe into that tomb. He knows how to breathe into the... He'll wait till you're 99. He'll wait till you stink four days. He'll wait till the very end of the thing because then nobody can get credit but God and God himself. Hear me, America. God's going to resurrect us, but he's going to do it at a moment that he gets the credit. Oh, well. Who delivered us from great death does deliver us and in whom we trust will still. He has he is, and he will. Say yes. It's bad. But it ain't over yet. This isn't the end yet. Yep, it ain't too good. Could it get worse? Might. Don't know. 
But I know this thing, God is still God. God is still on the throne. God's promises are still yes and amen. My faith and my trust and my hope is in the one that raises the dead. Oh. I realized a long time ago, you can't learn to swim until you're over your head. You ever tried to learn how to swim when you stand on bottom? You never learn to swim. See, until we give up all dependency on human resources, until the ability of the flesh has been removed, until, oh, come on. Don't you remember? He gets up. He goes to Jesus. He said, my daughter is nearly dead. Okay, I'll come with you. Then he gets interrupted by that woman that talks too long. And and he gets just about ready to go, and they show up, and they say, well, I have bad news. It got worse. Can I tell you, I know what's going to be on TV tonight. Breaking news. We broke all records. More people died today than in the history of humanity. It's really bad. Trump said something stupid, and the other side said Trump was stupid. It's really bad. You want to bet me? You're going to go home tonight, and they're going to tell you it's worse today than it was yesterday. Every day is getting better. Worse. 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 And you're going to set your DVR to record it. Don't you love that lady? She comes on at the end of the news. She goes, if you couldn't watch it live, you can record me. Because, lady, I didn't like you first time. (laughs) It was depressing enough the first time. Say, this cannot be the end. It cannot be the end until somebody comes on the news and say, we don't understand it. But the hospitals are emptying out. We don't understand it. But they found 20 vaccines for this thing. We don't understand it, but people are getting stronger by the day. It doesn't make any sense. Then look out because the trumpet might blow. I'm serious. The trumpet is not going to blow when it's bad. The trumpet is going to blow when it's so good and our praise is so high that we got to go. Oh, you're not getting it. This is not a get out of town when it's bad. This is about you're rejoicing so much that the only other step to do is just step on over the line. Touch your neighbor and say, this ain't over. No, it, it ain't over yet. And he looked at Jairus and he said, fear not. Say, fear not. Fear. See, if you're in fear, it ain't over. It'll never end in fear. If you're afraid, it ain't ever over. If you're frustrated, it ain't over. If you're in failure, it ain't over. Okay, I got to wrap this up. And I'll be wrapping it up when I get done wrapping it up. And I don't know when that'll be, so. And when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus, the body. His dead. Say his dead. Said it ain't over. Very early the first day of the week, just at sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance? This is so interesting. I don't know where the 11 men were. Bunch of losers. I I, I don't know where those depressed. They're probably drunk. I mean, you know, have you ever thought about why the city of Jerusalem accused Peter and the apostles of being drunk on the day of Pentecost? Because it hadn't been the first time they'd seen him drunk. (laughs) And you'll get this in a minute. 
They're depressed. They're hiding in the upper room. But here are these three women, Mary, Mary, and Salome. And they got up this morning, and they've been doing what women do. They've been cooking, and they've been preparing spices. Say spices. So they've been preparing spices, and they're doing the only thing they know to do, which is to go pay respects. And while they're going, they begin to wonder, what about the stone? See, they're preparing spices, but as they begin to walk on their journey, they begin to wonder about the stone. And they said, we could make the spices, but we can't move the stone. See, while you're making spices, he's moving stones. And the only, how many of you got stones in your life? Things you can't see behind. Things you can't get over. Things that block your vision. Things that keep you out of what it is that God has for you. There's stones. You can make spices having done all to stand. You can make some spices, but as you're walking through life, you begin to worry about the stones. How many have been walking lately worried about the... Can I tell you something? While you're worrying, God's working. While you're walking on this road of worry, can I tell you, God is working something in the dark that's going to do something for you that you didn't know that was possible. I've watched Americans walk for about 16 weeks, and they're worried about the stones. They got spices, but they're looking at stones. And when they get there, look at your neighbor and say, keep worrying, he's working. They ain't over yet. They thought it was over. And when they get there, the stone, the Bible says they looked up and they saw the stone, which had been said out loud, look up, quit looking at the stone, look up, look up, quit looking down like some depressed worrying. No, no, look up. The stone is gone. Say it out loud. The stone is gone. And then it says that an angel of the Lord was seated at the right hand. Say angels. Yeah, dummy. I still believe there's angels working to move stones that I've been worried about. Well, I'm worrying about stones. God sent an angel to move some stuff that need moved in my life. And I need God to move something so I can see that that's empty. The thing I've been worried about isn't even there. The thing that's got me troubled isn't even there. The thing that I thought was dead isn't even there. I've been worrying about something that God fixed three days ago. I've been worried about something that God already had a plan for before the foundation of the world. I've been worried because I've been living in the knowledge of the circumstances rather than in the knowledge of the Christ that knows how to raise things from the dead. It ain't over. It ain't over till that stone is moved and until you see that God is not where you put him. You put him somewhere, you boxed him in and you limit him to something. And the angel said, don't be afraid, ladies. Don't be afraid, ladies. Go tell the disciples and Peter that he has gone to Galilee See, it can't end with be alarmed. It can't end with fear. Fear is the beginning of real faith. Frustration is the hinge upon which the doors of salvation swing. Failure is simply the threshold into God's grace. Yes, we are living in the middle of some things. We're living in the middle of what looks like the end of society as we know it. We're living in the end of what we think was normal and what we think is good. But Jesus came so that we could step into something even better than we ever asked, thought, or imagined. We must understand that though heaven and earth pass away, his words will never pass away. 
you must hear the word of the prophet who said, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Fear not for I am with you and I'll bring your descendants from the east and from the west. Hear the prophet Isaiah say, behold, I do a new thing. You shall spring forth. You shall not, shall you not know it. I'll make a way for you in the wilderness and the rivers and the desert. Listen to me. It ain't over. This is not the end. This is not the end of our lives. This is not the end of this moment. It's the resurrection of what should be. It's the beginning of something better. We need to begin to help each other, encourage one another, because God has always handed us a promise. Did you know that I really believe this? I believe that COVID-19 went pause. How many of you know COVID-19 went? How many of you were paused? Pause. And do you know what COVID-19 has done? It's revealed people. It's revealed their fears. It's revealed their faith. It's, it's, Becca, it's, it's revealed characters. Boom, made monks out of all of us. We got, we got to stay home with each other. For some of us, it drove us into prayer. For some. Pause. I don't know if the pause is over. Pause. When, when things go on pause, you begin to see things you didn't know before. You see eight minutes and 46 seconds that you probably wouldn't have seen before because you wouldn't have been sitting there. Pause. I want to show you some things you haven't seen. Pause. I'm going to move some stones out of your life and let you see stuff in yourself. things about your own attitude, your own character, your own pause. I'm going to show you fears you didn't know you had. Pause. I've been telling you for years, be still and know. Pause. Well, I didn't know that happened. I didn't know I had that. I thought I had faith. prophetically speaking to you this morning behold I do a new thing if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and repent turn from their wicked ways and seek my face I will heal their land listen I didn't come in here just to preach you some little message I value this Sunday probably more than I've ever valued a Sunday in my life. Last 11 weeks made me value our time together. I'm not going to miss this opportunity to speak truth to you. Pause. What's God bringing up that we need to repent about? What wickedness do you have in your life? Wickedness doesn't mean wickedness. Twisted. Wicker. What truths are in your life that are twisted? God's trying to twist 
in our country. Oh, notice how quiet it gets in here when the prophet goes real. Quit shaming people. Stop it. Take responsibility for your life. Can't You and I could talk all day about what God's just bubbling to the surface. Not a bad thing. Just got to deal with it. that he is. You are already full of him. Let him flow out of you in the fullness. Oh my God. I almost preached that. There's the prophet saying live in this you're already full. Hear me. You are already full. Many of you are praying trying to be full. You are full. Oh, I gotta be careful. You're full of it. You are full of God is in you, the fullness of God. He's in you. The answer is in us. Flow out. We're letting a lot of other stuff come out of us. We need to let Him. When I say repent, I'm saying clean the top of that well out. That well that's gotten clean that out. Repent. Confess it. Get it out of the way so that those rivers can come flowing out of your life. The only way you clean the well out is say, God, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought this and I thought that and I didn't think this and I used to think that. And I, clean that out. Wow. I love it when God does his thing. Say with me. If you're afraid, it ain't over. If you're frustrated, it ain't over. If it's failure, you ain't over. 
God's doing a new thing. I'm sorry, I went longer than I anticipated. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Father's House. We hope you stay connected by following us online at fathershouse.net. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using at TFH Hutch. 